Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. We're here. The 2021 MLB season begins on Thursday, and we're excited to be back doing episodes. Hope you enjoyed our most recent chat with Rays infielder Joey Wendell. Today we do something a little different. It's a little disjointed as well. I've run a prediction game with my friends for 18 years. Our producer Justin Stein said, why don't you take some of the questions from that game and turn it into an episode? So that's what we did. We got three national baseball people, former outfielder and current MLB Network broadcaster Cliff Floyd, ESPN Baseball Tonight host Carl Ravage, and New York Times national baseball writer James Wagner. And we asked them about half dozen questions each. Some of them are a little odd, but we gave you a little of everything. A sleeper for MVP and Cy Young, overachieving teams, and some takes on the game's stars. We'll start with Cliff Floyd. Enjoy. Cliff Floyd, longtime former major leaguer, current analyst for MLB Network, joins us to talk predictions and talk hitters specifically and assess hitters more than uh, predict them. Cliff, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start with the guy who got the big contract this offseason, or at least one of them, Fernando Tatis Jr. What is the most important thing that we should be watching uh, from him as a hitter this season? Well, I think before we get there, Mark, I think the biggest thing is health, right? Healthy, you're able to be the superstar that everybody expects you to be. And and I don't think he should try to live up to the expectation of a contract. I mean, he didn't, he didn't make them get the contract they offered. So, I mean, he took it. So, I, I think... When you look at the lead shoulder for him being a right-handed hitter and the trouble he's had is does he still have the extension that we've seen from him as as a young superstar in this league? And um, those things are very important, especially when you're trying to go out there and just be the the really good player you are. You need, you know, all your body parts and all your limbs working together. So I'm interested to see. It, does he still have that 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 good extension through the zone that allows him to drive the ball all over the field? Is 330 100 realistic for him if he's healthy? 100%. It, you know, and that that's, to me, I'm being totally honest and just watching him and how he's able to adjust on the fly to these pitchers trying to, you know, pit, no, no pitcher, as you've seen baseball the last few years, no pitcher pitches inside. If it's inside, is a ball off the plate, right? As a hitter, you pretty much know what pitchers are trying to do and they're trying to stay away from your, you know, that box of success for you as far as where you like the ball uh, coming across the plate. There's nothing he can't do. I think he's going to put pitches in such a bad predicament that they have to come to him and he's going to hurt. What's what's his ceiling then? Is his ceiling like 40 and 120, that kind of thing? I think his ceiling is around those numbers. Now, look, this to me and, and, and I get so much flack for it all the time is the production of the lineup. If I'm opposing team and when you look at to me, baseball this year will be the closest to real good competitive ball. As far as looking at a lot of these teams, a lot of depth of these teams, a lot of good hitters in this league, pitches are starting to come around. Rotations are starting to get a lot better. It, it's going to be all around good ball. If the lineup is what we think and Machado is balling, Haas is balling, and I'm missing one, Will Myers is balling, like, then you're like, okay, well, pick your poison. I might have to pitch to this guy. If that's the case, 40, 40 is, yeah, he, he's, he's, he can see 40. I think there's light in the tunnel for 40. All right, let's go to another junior. Let's go to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Is this the year that he finally lives up to the billing? Um, I, I say 
yes, based on his commitment this offseason to get in shape. Now, losing weight doesn't mean anything other than you feel better and your limbs feel better and your body feels better and allows you to work more. But it doesn't put numbers on, on the sheet. It just allows you to feel good. I always have said, if you're in better shape, your body does things that you didn't appreciate. And then you'll take on accountability of making sure you stay in that in that realm of mind. That's where I see Vlad Jr. right now. I think the body now understands what it needs to do. He can get to certain things that um, or do certain things that we we've seen in the past uh, that possibly he couldn't do. And I think he's starting to understand that what he did in the minor leagues when we thought, oh, my goodness, this is about to be a beast has come back to him. Now, do you, now, now the big question to that is, well, he was still a little bigger and a little heavier on, 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 on the lower half and the minors. Yeah, that's true. But the competition wasn't as good. The competition was like, yo, I don't think he can hit my fastball. Let me challenge him. Bam, 500 feet. Now he understands at the big league level, they're not going to give you the opportunity to, that often. And when you do get it, you better, you, you, you better produce. And I think he understands that. The label's gone of all that crap of him being the the best player and this and that. It's like the big league level, you have to you have to perform and to be really good and to maybe one day walk in the shoes of your of, of your pops and, and senior, which I've seen play, you have to produce consistently. And that's just bottom line. I think he has it in him to be that player. Is he gonna be the best blue jay hitter this year among him, Biggio and uh, Bichette? Best hitter? No. I think Bo gets him in in that area. I think Bo's just a Bo's different. Vlad Jr. is going to be a power source. When we when we talk about like numbers in the power department, 40 plus, 30 plus, 40, you know, he can get to 40. Yeah, I do. But as far as hitter all around, I think Bo has him slightly. All right. Another guy, bounce back guy, Pete Alonzo. What do you see from him this year? Well, I love what he's done this spring. If you've seen a few of the balls he hit this spring, it's been bombs to right center. And what that does and what that tells me is that you've concentrated on keeping your body square at the plate, understanding that when you get pull happy, you become one dimensional. And when that happens, you now allow that pitcher to have more confidence to throw you anything soft away from your body. And that, and that, and that's to me what P got away from. And I mean, it happens to so many young dudes that's, that's had tremendous amount of success in their, in their first year. But then you see guys, and I didn't talk about one player last year in the shortened season, not one. I didn't say one bad thing about any player last year. It was the most difficult time I think any player has ever had to deal with, in, in, in not just baseball, in any sport, and personally, professionally, whatever the case you want to be. So I look at this as what have you done this offseason to make sure your mindset is turn the light switch on day one of spring training and be a beast in spring and then transition over to the season. From the swings I've seen from Pete to spring, the league better look out. 40, 45, 50, something like that? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's, that, it's that easy for him. Now, when I say easy, I, I'm not being crazy. And, and I never use, Mark, I never use consistency a lot because I know how hard it is to be consistent, especially in our sport. We fail so much. It's hard to be consistent. But if the swing path is consistent, you're going to get results. And I think, you know, when you think about all the players that you've seen, that they have the same swing pass, they only know that they've changed something very minor that day or changed something because we're looking at the same swing path. When you watch Pete and he's on like he is, the swing path is going to dictate 
a lot of damage. And, 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 and I mean like 45, 50. Yeah. When you keep saying those, when we say those numbers, you thinking, all right, everybody ain't going to hit 45, 50. When you look at Pete and his swing this spring, it tells me 45, 50 is, is in that one. Two more uh, for Cliff Floyd from MLB Network. This one's completely different. This is a guy who's going to be returning from a long layoff, basically sat out the whole season. I was debating whether to put Buster Posey or Lorenzo Cain here, and I went with Lorenzo mm-hmm. Cain. Uh, what do you think is going to be the hardest thing for him hitting in coming back from a long layoff? Well, I think the biggest thing is trusting what you've done for so many years to be true. And, I, and, and you know, I've dealt with so many injuries. That was the biggest thing for me. And, and whether it be injury or, you know, however you choose to, to, to look at a layoff, whether, you know, last year was COVID, I think. Right, Mark? Yep. It was OK. And so you have to get that competitive mindset back. The juice is going to be there. Like, you're going to have the competitive juices. Like, it just, you know, once you get back into the floor of things and, and, and you see the team and the team, all your boys welcome you back, you're good. But the mindset is what needs to now be like the light bulb that's on and bright. And it's like, well, you know, Lorenzo Cain is not just a player on the team that's holding a spot. Lorenzo Cain is counting on to be a, that guy. Yep. Run down ball. Be that guy to get some base cause havoc on the base pass his his instincts you can't teach so all those things he has to now grab and literally get him back to where the mindset allows him to feel like yo i'm ready to shine so i i I think it boils down to him just getting that mindset back to where we've seen him be so instinctively good as an all-around not just one dimensional all-around game and then you'll see lorenzo kane be the all-star we've seen in the past. 315 home runs, something something like that, a little bit hefty yeah, for uh, him? 300 might be a little high. 15 homers, I see that. You know, 280, but I think the biggest thing with Lorenzo Cain for me is how many runs he scores. I don't know where Craig, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know where he's going to hit in the lineup, but I think the biggest thing for me is him and what he does all around, meaning that He's going to, if he don't get a hit, he's going to catch two balls in the outfield. You and I both know that. Yep. Um, if, if, he, if, if he gets on the base and you and you bobble ball, he's on third base. Like, all those things is what I, I believe in, in Lorenzo King. His all-around game is what I really appreciate when I watch him. Last player, potentially the most interesting player in baseball if things break right for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shohei Otani, the hitter, hitting, heading into 2021? I love what I've seen from him this year. I really do. I, I, I think people need to understand the work and what he's trying to do. When he come across those waters, Mark, I think the biggest thing was him trying to showcase that he could be an all-star in the, in the box and an all-star in the mound. And I, I, I immediately, when I first heard about it, I thought my first initial thought was, ain't no damn way. Like, I just said it, right? I was like, ain't no way. There's no way possible this dude going to be able to go down to the cage, keep his swing right, make the adjustments he needs to make consistently, and then go down there, you know, and, and, and grab a baseball and be able to command three or four pitches and get big league hitters out every fifth day. I, I think something's changed, and I think he's figured out some things. I, don't, I think the one thing that I, I guess I have to apologize for is you didn't, we, I didn't even give him a shot to see, you know, get his feet wet, get his feet up on him. It was like, no, you're supposed to come over and be a star immediately. That's not the case. I think what you're seeing him now do 
is he has a little coil with his front leg. He's not lifting up like he was in the past. He has a good idea. He has a good base at, at the plate. He's driving the ball all over the field. And then on the mound, I still think we have to be patient and allow him to get into a good flow because his stuff plays. Everything plays plus plus. To me, when I look at Shohei, it's plus plus in the box. It's plus plus on the mound. And if he can pull this off, Hall of Fame is definitely in the future. <laughs> so you're making him sound like Babe Ruth. I'm telling you, Mark, you know, if it was 85 and didn't move as much and it was just trying to do, I'd be like, hey, you know what? You should stick to hitting because you're really, really good. But I actually need him on the mound. When you look at the Angels and what's hurt them the last. They really do. The, you know what I mean, Mark? Like, like this has been their, this has been their, 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 their black eye for, for the last four or five years. It's like, hey. Do y'all know there is starting pitching out there y'all can't sign? Or do, does nobody want to come? Like, what's the case? So he's really needed in that rotation. And the stuff plays to him possibly being not just a tier two, but tier one type pitch. Cliff Floyd getting us excited for the 2021 baseball season. Catch him on MLB Network. Cliff, thanks for joining us. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me. Carl Ravage, ESPN, longtime Baseball Tonight host, joins us. Hello, Carl. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. This is a blast from the past. Do people know the history of Mark Simon slash Carl Ravage? You can uh, sum it up in about 15 seconds if you wish. <laughs> think about backbone. Think about uh, the legs on a table. Mark Simon was the support for the show for many years and propped those of us in front of the camera up for years. So you're the legs on the table. You are the vertebrae. And for once, I get to play the role of host. Uh, a little change of roles for each of us. First up, Carl, pick the winningest and the losingest divisions in baseball in 2021. Well, it's a good question because the winningest, you're talking about overall number of wins by the teams in that division? Correct. Yeah, and you know the, the National League East is the best division, but they may beat the crap out of each other. So as a result of having a high win percentage, I'm going to say them anyway. I still think that they are the five best teams and they're going to win most of their games against the others. So the winningest division is the National League East and the losingest division. I'm going to go with the, in spite of the fact that there are, there are two giants in the division, I think that the meat of the NL West is really bad and is going to get hammered. So I'd say NL East winningest, NL West least. 105, 105, and then 70, 70, 70. Exactly right. And I think the central is central is close enough where they can all kind of be close to 78 to 85 wins. So, yeah, that's I don't know what the end math is going to be, but those and I love the NL East. All right. And we'll stay in the NL East for the next question. How many of these will one Soto achieve? 330 batting average, 440 on base, 600 slugging. For the ESPN.com cover boy of recency. I think he's going to accomplish all three of them. I was a little hesitant on the last one. We, we know he's going to be selected, so that's an easy one. The batting average is the one that I'm probably uh, 330. Yep. That'd be the one that I think is a little iffy, but I, I think he's that great. I think that Zimmerman is going to be really good. I think there's enough around him that you have to kind of throw to the guy. And I look, he's, he's shown the patience of a saint. I don't think he comes out of that. I think the whole sort of Barry Bonds wannabe thing is legit. And you and I were on baseball tonight during those years where you just wondered how the heck is he not offering at these pitches? I think Soto is going to be the same way. Ed Williams asks, certainly mentioned Barry Very Bonds. Much so. 
All right. Uh, next one. We go opposite side of the country, West Coast. Most polarizing guy in baseball, Trevor Bauer. Three numbers. Sub 210 opponent's batting average. Sub 275 ERA. And then we'll say 30 starts. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he makes 30 starts. He, he's going to be fascinating. I think he's going to have immense success. I'm not sure that Dave Roberts will want to have him make 30 starts. If you're you won a championship and your goal is to win World Series, you got to make sure that Bauer and Euler are rested, you know, and that Urias is rested. And we we don't have to worry about having a starter close a game six or seven out. So I, I think he I'll take the under on the number of starts and I'll take the fact that he will accomplish the prior two. I think his ERA is opponent's batting average. I think he's in contention for a Cy Young. I think he's going to be great. I just think it's stubborn to think that he's going to make 30 starts. Also, Simon, I don't know if, if anybody's going to make 30 starts. I don't know that the season goes on uninterrupted. That's good. That's a that's a concern. Yeah, and and also, okay, you mentioned. I want. I do want to just brief sidebar the innings thing. How are teams going to get to 1,200, 1,300 innings this year? Uh, a lot of piggybacking. A lot of guys, you know, making. Three inning starts, uh, a lot of guys uh, pitching on six days rest. There's, there's just, they're, they're going to have enough wins in the tank that you don't need to exert Trevor Bauer or Bueller, I think. And I think the Padres are the same, but the teams that are going to have great success and the teams that have, and the Dodgers are one of them, if you need to, six or seven starters and assume some health there and you'll be okay. Trevor Bauer, Cy Young candidate, certainly. Let's go next question and make it a little more challenging. Pick either a Cy Young or MVP potential winner, like a sleeper type who has never received a vote for that award previously. You know, the the rookie answer is kind of a simple one because they've never been there. So when Wander Franco comes up, he could he could be in an AL MVP race. I, I'm going to say Brandon Woodruff. I have no idea if he's ever gotten a Cy Young vote. He hasn't. Given what he did last year, and I think the Brewers are a little bit of a sleeper team in the Central, he's proven that he is a, a bona fide ace. He's a big guy. He's a workhorse, power pitcher, and and has improved. I'd be shocked if he does what he did last year over the course of 162 and doesn't end up with several Cy Young votes. You know, I, I think he'd be in the conversation. The, the biggest challenge for him are guys like Bauer, and Bueller and DeGrom, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's why he won't win it, but he's going to get votes because he's really good. That's why we call them sleepers. We like to, uh, right. we like to sleep on them. Five to one K to walk uh, ratio last year, made 13 starts, three ERA could be very good. All right. Last, last question for Carl Ravitch, your world series winner and loser. World series winner is the, Braves and the World Series loser are the Yankees. Did a lot of Braves games last year, did their playoff games, think that they are the perfect recipe for World Series stuff. Another year for Acuna, getting their pitchers healthy, seeing what Ian Anderson did last year. Freddie Freeman needs to win a World Series, kind of like his time. And the Yankees, again, unfortunately, fall victim to strikeouts when they get to the World Series. A game away last year for the Braves. This year, you've got them winning them all. All right, Carl Ravitch, Baseball Tonight. Where can people find you on opening day, Carl? All over the place. Uh, We'll have a Baseball Tonight show at noon. And then me and Eduardo and Tim will circle right into the 1 o'clock Yankees-Blue Jays game. 
And then I will put on the ESPN radio headset and call the Mets Nationals game on ESPN radio. Oh, wow. Fancy stuff. Thanks, Carl. Anytime. Want to get an edge in fantasy baseball this season? Then check out the Bill James Handbook, Projections Update. This Excel spreadsheet offers player projections for 2021. The spreadsheet allows you to manipulate the data in a dynamic way, tailored to suit your own interests. The projections are based on our exclusive formula and our playing time assessments. We also adjust projections for many reasons, including free agent signings, trades, injuries, and ballpark changes. Check out the link to purchase them in the show notes. Best of luck this season from the folks at Sports Info Solutions. All right, and we're with James Wagner, New York Times national baseball writer, formerly covered uh, the New York teams. Uh, glad to have the chance to talk to him. Hey, James, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mark, and uh, hopefully I live up to, to what's coming up. So let's have a little fun. I'm sure at some point you've written about how the current baseball is a young person's game. It's all you hear about when you see them promote the sport. So let's go reverse of that. Who will have the best season among those players age 35 or older? Good. You're making me think here. So uh, I think it was a tie in my mind at first between Max Scherzer and Justin Turner, who are both 36. But I will give the edge to Scherzer. Uh, He didn't pitch as much last year. I think he had some back issues. Um, He still held his velocity. Even at this age, strikeout rate was still very high last year. Knowing the type of person he is and how fierce of a competitor he is, I, I, I don't, I don't think that guy's slowing down into his even late thirties. So I'm going to go with with Scherzer in the end. I was going to say, where does the gas tank on him run out? I don't know. The guy's in, insane. Like he, uh, in in like a preparation and, and the body mentally kind of way. In a good so way. I, yeah. So I don't think that you know. I, I still remember during the 2019 World Series, the day after he pitched a game. He was out running the streets of Houston and I ran into him. And like, you know, back back in the day when he when I used to cover the Nationals, like I would watch him, uh, you know, in advance, say, of a game in Cincinnati where it's kind of humid, very humid and sticky over the summer. He was out running the streets of D.C. to get his body ready for a humid game in Cincinnati coming out of the road. This is how much thought this guy puts into his body, his preparation. So I think I'd probably bet on that. All right. And you said Justin Turner, I guess if you were going to have a pitcher and a hitter, he becomes the hitter. Why him? Just because I think like, uh, you know, he's just become so, so much, he's a late bloomer. He's become so refined as a hitter later in his career. And I think he's still a pretty solid third baseman. Uh, and so, yeah, I just think overall, he's just a pretty good hitter, really good hitter. Sorry. Uh, and I think that still has, has held up through the years and, and look how I mean, he was like, what, a three win player last year, even at his age. So I think his skill set, his advanced skill set as a hitter uh, will still hold up. All right, let's shift to teams. And I just made some predictions online. I tried to make win predictions for every team in the majors. And the two most polarizing teams in my picks uh, that incited the most uh, vitriol, shall we say, were the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. So what are your win total picks for each? So then you're asking me to do the same thing. Yes. (laughs) So say the AL East is going to be so bunched up, I think, after probably the Yankees. So I would say... This is tough. So I, I don't have an exact number, but I would say the 80 something range for the for the Blue Jays. Low or high? Mid. 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 <laughs> okay. Because I think it's going to be so bunched up yep. in that division. And I think their pitching still has some concerns as of right now. And I would say 70s for the Red Sox, not because of their hitting. I think their lineup will still score a lot of runs. It's just the pitching once again. So I would say 70s for the Red Sox, potentially low 70s, like, you know, 72 or something. 
that is what inspired the vitriol towards me. I had 70, I think I had 74. So uh, if you, if you voice that opinion loudly, prepare to be, uh, to, to hear from other people. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So now switching overachieving teams. Uh, can you tell us which two are best positioned to overachieve by telling us your manager of the year picks? And uh, I understand that that's not necessarily how the manager of the year is given, but let's make it that in this case. Yeah. Cause you know, like it's not someone's fault that their team is good. They could still be a good manager. Like, you know, Aaron Boone, you know, I think he is, I think he has shown himself to be a deft manager and it's not you know his fault that they have a huge payroll <laughs> and win. And the same, I mean, Dave Roberts won manager of the year a few years ago with that, with the Dodgers. So it's possible. But in this case, I would say just looking, and this was a tough one, Craig Council of the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, I think that they might overachieve in that division just because I'm not quite sure who the second best team in that division is. And I think he's just a good manager and Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays, because again, that could be a team that could surprise people and potentially jump as high as second in that division, maybe first on the wild card. And I think also he, you know, that that's a team that if they get that high would be overachieving based on their pitching staff. Now you gave the mid eighties in the, in the last question. So I, I would think for a question like that, that you would want him <laughs> to have like a, a 90 ish win total to be manager of the year. I'm just trying to be conservative, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right. Staying AL, staying East since you're in New York city, which team will have more playoff wins, the Brooklyn Nets or the New York Yankees? This was really tough. That's the point. Yeah, so I would say the Nets, but by a hair, I think to win an NBA title, and I'm not saying that they're going to, but I know they're probably poised to at least reach the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Um, but to win a title, doing the math, I think you have to win 16 games in the playoffs in the NBA. Yep. To win a World Series, in the Yankees' case, if they do not get the wild card and they win their division, it only takes 11. So I'm taking the odds that if the Nets do go to the finals, it, it just takes more to get there. So <laughs> I could see them getting the Eastern Conference finals, which is 12 wins. The Yankees just to win the World Series would only be 11. So again, I'm just picking, I'm just taking the odds. Picking Fair the numbers enough. and I'm just going to go with the Nets. Uh, that's, right see, that, that's playing the game right there. All right. <laughs> List of the esoteric questions. You're a national writer. This is a national baseball issue. Will average time of game, let's say nine inning game, be faster or slower than it was last season? Huh. So it's a good thing you say nine inning game because there's that certain caveat, you know, extra innings now are shorter. Yep. So I say the average overall game for extra, including extra innings will be probably faster. But for nine inning games this year, I think it'll be slower, slightly slower. It just, Pitches per plate appearance is not going down. It's been going up every single year, including last year. The three true outcomes are going up. Uh, strikeouts are going up. Walks are going up. I just don't, I don't see that stuff slowing down. So I would say slower, maybe by a hair. Not like a huge leap, but it, it's, I don't think it's going to get any faster. So you're, you're saying they're not incent- no one's been really incentivized to change anything probably until the next CBA, right? Yeah, and I don't think anything is, yeah, and no measures have been done in terms of on the field pitch, you know, any substantial measures in terms of changing, you know, players and, and, and pitchers and hitters behavior. And also now I just can't help but think if you look at the average time in between pitches and pitchers are throwing harder than ever, it takes a lot of effort to throw 90, 98, 97. So it takes you a little longer to regroup probably in between pitches. And so I don't think that stuff's slowing down anytime soon. So there's a lot of factors that are just not changing enough to change behavior. 
All right. Uh, and then lastly, just uh, um, your World Series pick. Go with the conservative one. Let's just, just go with the Dodgers, just given I think they are stacked, were stacked last year. You could argue that they got they're even more stacked with guys like Trevor Bauer in the fold. So just go conservatively. Just go with them repeating. All right. And James Wagner, uh, last thing. Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you've done recently that uh, people should be uh, opening their eyes to? Uh, no, not, nothing specifically for me on my end. I, I would just say everyone, our coverage overall, I think our coverage as a newspaper between Tyler Kepner, Dave Waldstein, and myself, just just please follow along. Please, please, please keep reading and uh, please keep supporting uh, newspapers. Absolutely. James Wagner, baseball writer, national baseball writer, New York Times. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for entering our prediction zone. Thank, thanks, Mark. It uh, wasn't as tough as I thought it would be. I mean, some of it's not easy, and, and hopefully uh, I don't uh, get vilified like, like you had. So. Only by Red Sox fans. Thank you, sir. So that was fun and admittedly a little bit different. I'm still thinking about what Cliff Lloyd said regarding Shohei Otani and the, the, the possibility of another Babe Ruth scenario. Anyway, we're back to doing regular shows. Our main posting date will be Thursdays. We wanted to get this one up a day early. And a reminder to check out our websites, fieldingbible.com, statoftheweek.com, for all the latest information that we provide. It's still not too late to buy the 2021 Bill James Handbook at Acta Sports. For Cliff Floyd, Carl Ravage, James Wagner, and our producer, Justin Stein, I'm Mark Simon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS. 